generally I try to stay away from the how to crush it on Twitter type people because I don't think it's a valuable goal in and of itself. I think it's a means to an end. But I do value succinct and useful breakdowns of what works and what doesn't work. And I thought that this conversation by Matthew Kolbach, who himself is a fairly successful practitioner with David Spinks from the Masters of Community podcast, I thought it was a pretty good breakdown. And it, there was a framework that you can follow that I think makes sense and that I would endorse. What I'd done is I tried to dissect a little bit what I had done that helped build the, you know, the social media profiles of the brands I'd worked for in the past. And three things really came like when, when I thought about it, there's three things I was like, all right, I'm going to apply these three things to my own social media. So one was to be unbelievably niche. So like we are complex, interesting, dynamic people, but you can't build a community around all these different things. You have to be specific. So when I started, it was really like, here are ways. So I built a, a social media community around doing social media better. Um, I think at the time, there was still a decent amount of advice out there that was either outdated or had been repeated so many times it didn't really mean anything. So a good example is when someone tells you to just be authentic on social media. It's now been repeated so many times over. Like, I don't know. When someone says that, I don't know what they mean. And that goes back to our original conversation about um, defining concepts. Like some ver someone's version of authentic authenticity might be different than someone else's. So I wasn't finding advice like that very useful. Like to me, what was useful is like, let me define what this means and let me see how it actually applies to social media. Uh, so I started doing that. Like that was really that that was my community. People who were tired of hearing either cliche, outdated or unhelpful advice on social media. And I'm like, here's what I found that actually works. Here's what really gets uh, impressions and engagement. So I started by doing that, was very fortunate that I had some uh, early luck and th that kind of kept me going. It didn't really build my audience, but it, it motivated me to keep going in terms of having like a few tweets go viral kind of thing. Um, but it all started with because I was unbelievably specific. I didn't tweet about really anything else. I'm like, I'm just going to tweet about this. Uh, the second thing was I made a pact to myself that I was going to be consistent. I said I would tweet twice a day, every day for six months. And I was never going to miss it. I had kind of written some tweets that were in my drafts. My, my drafts folder still has an insane amount of tweets I've never sent. So that if I had nothing to say at a given time, I could still just go there, fine tune something and put it out. I think I would, I, I told myself I'd do it before work, after work every day. Um, and then what that did is that consistency allowed me to kind of go back every 30 days or whatever it was. And I didn't really do this in any you know, organized fashion. It was kind of easy to just do at the time, but you see what resonates and you see what doesn't. You see what what you said, you see like how you phrase things and how that makes them hit better. You know, like it really improved my ability to communicate efficiently. So that was number two. So number one, unbelievably niche. Number two, be consistent, figure out a cadence that you're going to follow and stick to it. And then number three was this idea of kind of compounding tweets. So knowing that and this goes along with the consistency thing. A bunch of good tweets or a bunch of good anything added together is like one plus one equals three. It's just, uh, and I think I'm at a point now where I could probably tweet something that isn't all that interesting or isn't all that great. 
which I'm sure I've got critics that say this <laughs> right now. So it's probably a fair criticism. But when someone reads a tweet from me now or reads a tweet from any, you know, if they're involved in a community or anyone that they're a fan of, you get the residual of all the great tweets that came before it, all the great content that came before it. So like when your favorite artist releases a new album, you're more likely to like it because you've got this established relationship with them. You've got this kind of benefit of the doubt and you've got this glow of all the past stuff that impacts how you perceive it now. And so when you build that, um, you know, when you're that consistent, it just builds upon itself. And it is a lot like compound interest in terms of, you know, saving. And I think compound interest is this beautiful thing that works in relationships and, you know, works with diet and exercise and, and uh, you know, your career. So that would be the last one. I love it. So kind of three areas. It's like specificity. So getting really focused on one thing, which is something that a lot of people don't do very well, especially on Twitter and social media, where they 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 kind of want to use to use it both as uh, like personal updates, like what they're cooking, what they're thinking about sports. And then they'll like put the thought leadership tweet in there of who they're actually trying to reach for you know, actually building a community or a business around it, but it just gets lost in this mix of kind of a variety of different types of content that they post. So it sounds like you just cut out everything else and you're like, I'm only going to do this one thing. 100%. And this is not to say that everyone should do this. Use social media however you like. This is to say if you want to build a community and your profile is the lighthouse or a lighthouse, then you've got to do this. But like, like a good example is my Instagram. I don't really care as much about it uh, like I don't have the same objectives on Instagram as I have on Twitter. So that can be more personal stuff and more stuff that I'm interested in. Um, whereas Twitter, you know, I, I, yeah, there's tons of things I'm interested in, but no one cares that I watched, you know, the Packer game with some of my friends from Wisconsin. Like it's just uninteresting to them. And, and the way I, I kind of think about it and think it's helpful to think about it is we're all like, like if you're trying to build an audience or build a community, we're all TV channels. And you can't turn on ESPN and have opera be on there. You can't turn on the news and have it be a reality show. Like you need to, people need to know what to expect. And if they don't know what to expect, you haven't really given them a great reason to follow. So yes, you just have to be unbelievably specific if you're trying to build a community around a certain objective. If you're not, say whatever you want. Talk about whatever you want. Use it. It's fun. Like I, I in the comments, I follow plenty of people that are, you know, have interests outside of my interests or have interests outside of my, you know, community interests. But I rarely tweet about them. I'm never going to live tweet a, a, you know, a Packer game. Mm. I mean, I think you get to the point where maybe you're big enough and maybe you're even at this point and the, the network is big enough where you are interesting enough as a person to where like the little things you do in your life feel like it personalizes you. And I think of like Gary V you know, in those tweets about the Jets or like random, I mean, it kind of all is built into his brand at this point. But, you know, once you reach a certain status, then people care about your personal stuff. But yeah, before I, that, they I, don't. Well, you know, what's funny is it's and it's not even like a, you hit a certain threshold and it happens. It's that you start unbelievable. And I actually did this, too. So you start unbelievably specific. And then once you get that core group, you try to expand it, but you can't expand it too big too soon. So a good example is I started with like, here are the actual 
takeaways from social media. Here's the stuff that I know to actually be true. And then expanded that to like, here are the things I know about marketing to be true. Here are the things I know about communication to be true. Here are the things I know about creativity to be true. And so I was able to expand on that a little bit and, and take people along in that ride. And lucky for me, they wanted to come. And then I've now expanded so big that my interests outside of social media are really human behavior. It goes back to what I was doing in academia. Um, you know, it's this quest to be, a, you know, the best version of myself that I can be. And so I really like these ideas that transcend time and space and lives. Like, you know, good advice 2000 years ago is still good advice today. Mm. And so then I started applying that to social media. And so I was able to kind of bring people on a even more general uh, a ride. And so I've been able, you know, only by zooming in super close was I able to kind of slowly zoom out and zoom out. I still don't know that I'll ever get anyone interested in my fantasy football team or the Green Bay Packers. <sighs> but, you know, the, this stuff that's kind of like applicable to all people and that I can sometimes put a, a marketing lens over, um, people, you know, have come along on that journey with me. And I'm, you know, I'm grateful that I people are willing to listen to the to the thoughts I have about that topic. Yeah. It, that seems to be the the path that a lot of creators go. They start very specific and then end up in like human philosophy and stoicism. It's like the the Naval path. Yeah, it's not the only destination, but it's the only entry point that I know of. At least on social media, you just have to be that specific, and then wherever that goes, that goes. But I, I just it's really hard to try to be something for everybody because then you just end up being nothing for nobody. Right. Exactly. I like the idea of the of the lighthouse. Can you say more about that? Like, what does that mean to be the lighthouse for a topic? So, ninety percent of people don't really post on social media. Nine percent post a medium amount, and one percent post to most of it. So, those ninety percent of people are really just you know they they have interest that they want to participate. Maybe they'll reply once in a while, but for the most part, they just want to read interesting thoughts. So that's the lighthouse. You're trying to get those 90% of the people. And so what they're they're looking for topics that interest them. And so the only way for them to find you is if you turn your light on and you start talking about the things that interest you. And you've just got to hope that they're actually attracted to what you have to say. But that's that concept. If no one knows that you're, you know, <laughs> that it's safe to land on the shore, if you know, if you're not turning on your light, no one's gonna know to come to you. No one like to have an audience or to build a community without putting yourself out there is impossible. It just doesn't exist. It's a you know oxymoron. You have to put your ideas out there, and you have to do it in a consistent fashion. You know, like someone might not see your light when you turn it on at any given moment. So you've got to try to turn it on as often as you can, so that people who are attracted to your the way that you think, or you know, it doesn't have to be just thinking, but um, any any part that you're putting out there that they know to go towards that light. And the closer they get, the more they kind of understand what it is that you're trying to say or the reason to follow you or be part of your community. And maybe they like it, maybe they don't, but they're only going to know if they, you know, if you put that light out there and they get close enough to see what you're really about. Yeah. It reminds me of a quote from Arlen Hamilton when I interviewed her, who's the founder of Backstage Capital. And she said, um, be yourself so that those who are looking for you can find you. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think it's also a good way of um, thinking about authenticity. Like the authenticity to me is that like there's something about you that makes you unique. There's something about you different. Like not, not something. There's tons of things. What your job is to do is to figure out like all right, what are those things that actually make me 
unique and valuable to other people? What perspective do I have that no one else has or that feels familiar enough to what other people have that they can rally around it? And the people that try to pretend that there's something they're not, it just falls flat. And the people that, the more you're yourself, the more you get to the actual people that are interested in what you have to say. It might be a smaller audience, yeah. but they're going to be a much more passionate audience. Yeah. I mean, it, it, from a community building perspective too, it, it's not even really that you're super unique. It's that you're saying things that haven't really been said before, haven't been called out in that way before. And it's it's likely that there's a lot of other people out there who are thinking that way and who do agree with it, but just haven't been given that lighthouse, that landing strip to to come and talk about it because it hasn't been normalized in conversation yet. And so when when you start really putting that stuff out there that's true to you and what you believe, then the other people who share those beliefs feel safe coming out and talking about it too. And, and you become that, that beacon for them. Absolutely. It's exactly what happened with, uh, with how I started my Twitter is I was saying things that had been repeated mm -hmm. in social media marketing for so long that I just didn't think were true. And so I was just saying, mm -hmm. like, I don't think these are actually the ways to do it. I think this is the way to do it. And it resonated, you know, like no one was really, really talking that way. And it was all stuff that I knew that I had experienced. So it, you know, was that perfect overlap of, um, you know, an experience unique to me that also resonated, or I shouldn't say unique, but perspective I had that no one was talking about that other people agreed with or that had seen themselves. Hmm. It, it seems like a good formula for creating engaging content is identifying things that are uh, popular opinions that you disagree with. So you could, you could call it the unpopular opinion take approach. But that's essentially what it is, right? Identify the things that everyone believes and share a, a counterpoint that you think is more accurate. 100%. Subversing conventional wisdom is an unbelievably effective marketing and community building tool. I quite like this lighthouse idea. I've personally called it the shelling point, which is a little bit more of a nerdy reference, but it's the same thing. And Matthew actually went a little bit further into it later on in the podcast. So here's a quick clip and it talks about affinity and why some things work and some things don't. It's all because of compounding. Julian said something that really stuck with me around affinity and how like two people in a community can post the same exact content, but it will resonate much more when one person says it over another person because of the affinity that they've already developed within that community, within that group. And that, that was like, really fascinating to me. And, and it speaks to kind of the long-term value of community. So whenever people say like, we want to kind of derive value from community really quickly, they don't understand that compounding opportunity of if you can truly become that lighthouse, become that brand or that person that people think of immediately whenever they think of that topic, then everything you create around that topic is going to have a much better chance of spreading and doing well. Um, just because you've already established that affinity. Uh, same exact concept. A absolutely. It's uh, y you get that glow of everything you've done before. Um, you know, people are, are more interested <laughs> to listen to what you have to say because they liked what you said earlier. I'm more, I'm more likely to get a vanilla cola from Coke than I am from com some company I've never heard of because they have a hundred year head start. And anyone that wants the impact of community building after like the first month or even few months uh, doesn't understand the power of this. It's like saying, I want to double my money in the stock market in a week. Like you just can't do it. I mean, may, you can maybe do it with some risky moves, but like 
the the tried and true way is like just time just put in the work do it over and over and that's when you know it, it feels kind of like nothing it's you know I, and no one can see me but i'm doing this like hockey stick thing where it's like over time the benefits you know like if, if you double from one to two that's not that meaningful but then two to four and four to eight and eight to 16 and that's when you see these real effects here and so that's what that's where the magic happens right so that's how to crush it on twitter from someone who proclaims to not care about crushing on Twitter. Specificity, consistency, expanding your interest group, and being a lighthouse. I think I can follow that. <laughs>